This week's episode of Podular Modcast is brought to you by Novation and their flagship synthesizer, The Summit. I've been using The Summit a lot to create samples to put into my stereo-triggered sampler for 4MS, as well as just playing keys. It is a lot of fun, it's super easy to use, it's very deep, but not at all intimidating, very navigable. It also has been very inspirational for me as far as writing new music. So, if you would like to check this out, please visit the show description and click the link. And once again, thank you to Novation for their support of Podular Modcast. Modular Modcast. My name is Tim Held. This week we have Meg Mulhern and Kim Ruger, aka Belly Full of Stars, on the show to talk about their new album, Conjunctions, which, if you haven't heard, pause this podcast right now, go listen to it, and then come back. It is a real treat. It's a double cassette, and we're going to get into uh, everything about this album here in this conversation. I've been a fan of both Meg and Kim's music for a while, so I'm really, really happy to uh, to present this episode to you this week. So before we get into this chat, I do want to talk about last week's episode. Um, we had Ross from Moth and Zeef on, and if anybody out there knows Ross, you know that he's quite a character, and if anybody's been listening to this show long enough, you know that I am a goofball, and Ross and I uh, both like to be goofs together, and decided that we would do a fully improvised episode about nothing that's real or nothing that has to do with synthesizers. And some people thought it was funny, um, but a lot of people out there didn't, didn't, uh, yeah, they didn't think it was funny or didn't quite understand what we were doing or was it a joke or not. Um, and I don't think explaining jokes is good for jokes. And I don't know. I, I don't want to, yeah, I, I didn't really want to talk about it, but just because of, uh, some of the feedback that I got, I felt like I, I did want to address it. I, I don't want to apologize because I think it, I think it's really funny. And if you like dry improv, you know, silly humor, then you should check it out. But um, but it is a show about synthesizers, and you know, people come to the show uh, weekly to get their their weekly dose of synth talk and whatnot. And there was no synth talk whatsoever, so it in some ways is a bit of a bait and switch uh and yeah so if if i i I just don't want anybody to think that i was trying to um you know mess with you or confuse you or you know sometimes if you don't get a joke or if you're not in on the joke then it feels like the joke is on you and that was not at all my um my intention i would never want to make a you know a joke at my listeners expense i i really appreciate you all coming and listening to the show every week uh so i just wanted to make that clear that i was just trying to be goofy and have fun with my buddy and i did and not everybody enjoyed it very much but i just want to make it very clear that i i'm not trying to uh you know make make anybody out there the butt end of a joke so there we go i have addressed it and uh we're gonna move on so at the end of this week, I'm going to be 
putting a post on Patreon for my Patreon subscribers to come to First Come First Serve and uh, get themselves either a module, some patch cables, a cassette, stickers. I'm, I'm passing on a bunch of stuff at the end of this week. So if you have yet to sign up for Patreon, uh, go to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast and be on the lookout for that post. I am. I think I've got three or four modules, a bunch of uh, patch cables, stackables, different colors, different shapes, a bunch of stickers, and a bunch of really cool cassettes. So, once again, patreon.com forward slash podular modcast. I would like to say thank you to Patchworks for their continued support of Podular Modcast. Please visit them online at patchworks.com or go visit them. They're in the Fremont neighborhood of Seattle. They have one of the coolest showrooms I've ever been to. Uh, they also are doing classes, a bunch of different uh, instructors with a bunch of different uh, types of uh, courses and lessons and whatnot. So head over to patchworks.com to learn more about that and sign up for their newsletter because they're always doing a, a really cool sales. Uh, what else? They've got studio gear. It's not just modular. It's not just synths. They've got everything you need. So if you're just getting started and you need some studio monitors and interface and you know maybe some like MIDI controllers and just getting your, your basic studio set up, then they have you covered. So once again, patchworks.com, P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com. I also want to give a shout out to Waveform Magazine. The latest issue came out and there's a lot of really great feature articles in there. Uh, Schlappy Engineer has a full article, Chaos Devices, a bunch of really cool stuff, um, really good uh, gear reviews, and they even reviewed my friend Steven and I's album Kitty Safari, uh, and yeah, Ellison from Waveform wrote up a very lovely review, so I wanted to personally thank him for that here on the show, but if you're not subscribed to Waveform, then you should go to the show description and click that link, because it's a fantastic publication. All right, so we're going to get into this chat with Meg and Kim here in a moment. But first, I want to talk about some 4MS stuff. This week's episode is brought to you by 4MS, and the patch that you hear playing below me is made up of quite a few 4MS modules. I'm using the new Mini Peg, which is the mini pingable envelope generator. I'm using the new shuffling clock multiplier. Um, I'm also using the Envelope VCA and then the Shaped Dual Envelope VCA. I'm uh, using the Spherical Wavetable Navigator, the Dual Looping Delay, and I believe that's it right now for the 4MS modules. But this Spherical Wavetable Navigator is blowing my mind. So I'm basically using it as the primary voice here, or the only voice other than the drums. So I'm using the six voices from the Spherical Wavetable Navigator and their corresponding LFOs in a mode where you can use those LFOs to open its respective voices VCA. I've also got each voice tuned to a different note, so it's actually playing its own little sequence. If I just had it playing on its own, it would be just this repetitive six uh, note sequence. But I'm taking it a step further and sending some stepped voltage into each one of the voices uh, one volt per octave ends, as well as sending um, some of that stepped voltage from the leaves from Mystic Circuits into the transpose and the spread input. So the transpose obviously is just transpose 
closing notes. And then the spread is actually kind of, you can kind of think of it as your inversions on your chord. It's just kind of spreading out within the octave range, your different notes uh, within this chord or sequence. I've got all of that step voltage running into the DPW switch, and then I'm hitting the switch with the uh, shuffling clock multiplier. So you're actually getting they're all the same sequences. There's only four different sequences happening right now, but they are being switched up as far as what uh, voice they're going into or whether or not they're going into the transpose or spread. So getting a really cool generative, you know, evolving, but not so much repeating patch uh, sequence-wise. So I'm using the shuffling clock multiplier to uh, send gates to the Weston AD110 drum machine. So that's where our drums are coming from. Um, and I'm running the drums into the mimeophone and the Aurora. So the mimeophone's from Make Noise, the Aurora's from Qubit. And then those are running into the Aikido, which is from Bastel Casper. They just sent me this uh, last week and it's blowing my mind. It's a four channel dynamic VCA mixer. So not only do you have your four channels with nice faders, mute buttons, and you know CV ends, you get side chaining capabilities as well. So that's what's giving this kind of breathing thing. I'm side chaining the reverb and delay tails on the drums and I just absolutely love it. You can set your side chain speed from slow, medium, or fast. Uh, and then a really, really cool uh, feature on it is it has this spectral envelope out. So you have two envelope outs basically. Not only is it a VCA mixer with some side chaining capability, it's also an envelope follower or generator. Um, and you can select what frequency range is actually creating this, what they're calling the spectral envelope. So I have it in the mid-range right now. So you can use your low frequencies, mid or high frequencies of what's going into this mixer to create an envelope to then go out and control other things. And it is so, so useful. It's nice and compact, really, really, um, you know, user-friendly, nice faders, mute buttons. Yeah, absolutely loving this thing. So you must go check out the, uh, the Aikido. Thank you again to Bastel for sending this out. It's, it's really finding a comfortable home within my setup. But yeah, let me go back to the Spherical Wavetable Navigator. I'm gonna try to build like a, a big video for this because I think it's extraordinarily deep, but the UI on it is so well designed that it's, you know, you spend 10 minutes with it and the, the manual and all of a sudden you're off to the races and it is a powerhouse. You could use it just in its own little case and not need any other modules. Um, it is a module, but it is also just kind of like a standalone desktop synth almost. Like I said, the UI is great. Not only is it six voices, but you get six different LFOs and you can shape those LFOs and also sorts of ways and I haven't even talked about like the actual wavetable nature of it um, which I will get to when I make this, this video that I'm talking about. It's an ambient dream machine. That's what I keep uh, uh, referring to the swan as is the ambient dream machine. So yeah, I feel like I've talked enough about this. It's kind of hard to uh, walk through a patch without a video. So hopefully I'll have a video out by next week, um, kind of focusing mostly on the swan, but I'm also going to be using the other um, 4MS modules that I've talked about uh, during this patch because they're all just becoming so integral into my system that uh, I really want to share with you how I've been using them all. But 
But yeah, just getting all these new 4MS modules recently on top of having the Nautilus and Aurora from Qubit and the Aikido now from uh, Bastel Casper, I feel like my kit is well-rounded and full and I don't really feel myself wanting for any more modules. So that's a really, really good thing. So once again, thank you to 4MS for sponsoring this episode and shout out to Bastel Casper for sending me this Aikido. It is amazing. Please go check it out. Link in the show description. Yeah. Welcome to How the Sausage is Made. <laughs> I feel like we're giving you a lot of work. What'd you say? This was kind of taking me back to like the pandemic days where I was talking to people about TRS and 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 TRRS and uh I was like, no, well you have to you have to do this and so forth and then configure your camera to do this other thing. And you know, I I feel like for a while there, for maybe like a month, I was like kind of everybody's like, you know, go to like tech person, be like, okay, so this <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. But I was like, ah, it's just like, you know, people freaking out before a live stream or something like that. Yeah, you know? totally. And like, <laughs> you're trying to play, uh, God, what we played like this, like, you, was it You Don't Know Jack or some like Jack <laughs> party pack games where we would get on Discord and we would mm -hmm. all like get in with our web, like our our microphones and I, I was totally new to all of that and it was just felt like a lot of like texting and talking to people on phones and multiple devices and yeah 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 oh boy <laughs> I've totally done that uh, um Tim and I were talking about how you and I Meg went through the um starter era of trying to figure out live streams during the pandemic and all that mm -hmm. and how many I don't think I actually told them about you know like Elisa about how many <laughs> how many stops and starts and all that sort of thing but having to just figure out the whole you know I mean suddenly you're a tv studio which you know like Tim's like now he's he's an expert you know tv studio producer here but um <laughs> but man when we all had to start getting that going that was such a pain it was mm -hmm. so difficult there were so many tech gremlins yeah yeah yeah, I feel like one of the few good things that maybe has come out of the pandemic is figuring, you know, this kind of interface out. I feel like, I mean, Zoom has gotten a lot better and Zencaster certainly got a lot better. And I feel like they took a lot of notes from Zoom. And yeah, um, I remember um, doing like a Twitch stream and I, I don't know where it went. I was <laughs> That's right. streaming somewhere. You know, but uh, the, didn't you, the, the, the didn't you say you found out it like was streaming somewhere in France or something like that? Yeah, like I had gotten yeah. somehow the wrong, you know, pass key or whatever, and I I don't know uh, I don't I don't know how that happened. Were um, people watching? Like random people just like stumbled upon it, or I have no idea. I don't know where. <laughs> I don't know. What it was real. I was having a really good time though, and I was in the moment. <laughs> I was getting getting this like. You know, uh, my uh, partner was watching it from the other room. He came and he's like, uh, are you going to, wait, wait, are you playing right now? He's like, I'm trying to watch this. I'm like, right. oh, no. I'm like, Where am I even streaming? Um, it was a very oh, so. That's funny. Um, well, welcome to Talking COVID and COVID and technology <laughs> oh, with yes. Tim and Tim. Um, mm -hmm. So I feel like, 
I'm, I don't know where to start with all of this. You know, two guests is always a little difficult because, you know, I want to, and especially if you, you know, you're both first time guests and I like to get a little backstory. Um, but I also don't want to eat up too much time of talking about the new record, which I absolutely love. Um, so maybe could we just go around the horn and do like a crash crash course in your journey into you know becoming a musician and particularly electronic and um yeah your elevator pitch on on your your backstory and then maybe we can put a nice little bow around it and talk about how you two started working together um so whoever wants to go first I guess that's my job. I'm the host. Let's go. <laughs> right. uh, let's, we'll start up in the upper left. Why don't we start with Kim? <laughs> okay. Uh, geez. I, I won't go through the full musical journey because it's been a long, long time. Um, uh, started uh, writing songs, playing piano, singing in choir in high school, and um, kind of came from that background. At, at that time, I was also um, involved in a church scene. And so kind of coming at things also from that background, singing hymns, singing praise, worship, and that sort of thing, which is important because it taught me how to chord and kind of like between the two, the basics of music theory. Um, I went on to go to college um, and study music composition for a couple of years. And um, then eventually I went to college for recording engineering at MTSU, Middle Tennessee State University. Oh, wow. Finished cool. up my degree there. But where I started getting involved in electronic music was the first college, uh, Converse College, where I was. And they had the starts of an electronic music lab there. And it was just basically like one professor's Moog. And then another professor had like an early emulator emu emulator that was there we had some yamaha tx modules this is late 80s okay and um so it was very rudimentary and it was like figuring out how to step enter midi on um you know like uh it was beyond dos dos but you know it was pre-dot era mm -hmm. you know so where everything was just midi sequencers um at the time so got into that got my first synth myself which was a yamaha sy55 learned how to do midi and and kind of program that and the ins and outs of that and then learned more when i went to mtsu um, and got involved in the electronic music lab there um so that was years and then i was kind of just writing and, and doing things on my own um for a long time playing i have a piano here at home and, and playing on the piano and kind of writing on my own stuff and then um jumped to about 2013 and I had a friend who was starting to post things on SoundCloud and he's like, you should, you should put some of your stuff on there. So I came up with the name belly full of stars. It was a lyric that, that had just, <laughs> thanks. It was a lyric that had just popped in my head. It's not actually a lyric I used for any of the songs. It was just, you know, so it just is. Um, and started putting things on there and getting on Twitter and just started meeting folk. And, um, from that, that bloomed into kind of recording things um, and sharing things with uh, challenges like the Disquiet Hunto. Oh, and, shit. Um, I yeah. just talked to Mark for the second time the other day. His, I think his episode will be in the next few weeks, but he was, oh, my, so ninth, cool. he was my ninth guest. And he yeah. was a, the, the Hunto group was a huge, um, that was kind of like, I want to say where I really 
baptized myself in a like experimental electronic because I was coming from like punk pop punk and then oh, yeah. kind of started getting into more electronic stuff but then found that a lot of the stuff I found was like dancier but I knew there was weirder stuff out there and yeah. I don't know how I found it but yeah that is so cool wow yeah and for me it was through Twitter is just you know finding Mark on Twitter and then doing it and I haven't I haven't done a challenge um very often in the last couple of years um, just because of being busy with some other things. But for a while, for a handful of years, I was doing them, you know, at least once a month, I would say yeah. something like that. So there's a lot of those on the SoundCloud. And so that's cool. just a wonderful, awesome. And yeah, and everybody's coming from every walk of life, mm-hmm. you know, as musical walk of life, you know, as far as like the gear they're using and everything there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so that really, that and the cities and memory project, if you've heard of that, that um, sounds familiar, that's out of the UK and they, they kind of do the same sort of things, um, where they, uh, basically they go ahead and field record in different places or gather field recordings on a subject from people. And, um, then they send out a call to sound artists to remix those in their own ways. Oh, wow. And then they have a, they have this wonderful sound map up on their site. So you can, every time they release a project, they put on the sound map, you can scroll over and see where the original sound is and hear the original field recording. And then also hear, um, the re, you know, what they call the rework or the remix. What is this? What is this called again? Cities and memory. Cities and memory. Yeah. Yeah, That's, I have to. Sorry yes. to, to, if I don't look this stuff up, I won't oh, totally. <laughs> like, I'll forget about it. And yeah. Yeah. Cool. And thank you. And I forget Stuart's last name, but Stuart is, is the guy who, who is cities and memory and puts it all together. And so I was doing some of those um, as well. And then that kind of led into a lot of just different things. I think there was a recommendation from Mark about somebody, Seth Christman, who was coming into town. And that got me reconnected here to the local experimental music scene. Turns out some people that I knew from way back in college, you know, like 15 years before um, that I had, uh, that I knew that were running it. And so it kind of like all came together that way. Um, and then through the Cities and Memory Project, I met um, Stu Bowditch, who runs uh, the Courier label over in the UK. And he invited me to do what was really kind of like my first release, the EP Broken Data Pool. Okay. And also through Twitter, I happened to meet this um, musician, uh, Paul Masseri, who was involved with um, putting together uh, an electronic experimental um, festival for the very first time in Memphis called Memphis Concrete. Oh, cool. And uh, I had never played out at live as Belly Full of Stars. I was just recording and that sort of thing. And he's like, hey, do you want to play? And I was like, okay, between you and I, I've never, you know, played out to any of this stuff, you know, here. And he's like, okay, well, I just won't tell, you know, um, Robert, who's kind of like Robert Traxler, who's kind of organizing this, organizing this stuff. Just let me know, like in a month or two, if you actually can do it, we'll put you on the bill. So I went about and I kind of like got my system together and I figured out this like small synth, um, you know, like a vocal FM based and pedal based kind of setup and that sort of thing. I was like, and rehearsed a little bit. I'm like, okay, I think I can at least make interesting sounds for a mm-hmm. while. Um, <laughs> But that was really kind of how I actually got into improvising because from my classical background, um, 
I remember what piano juries were like and they were very like stressful, you know, cause you're up on the stage and it's hyper-focused on something that's going on there. And I was like, I want this to be the opposite of that experience. Mm-hmm. So I just want to be able to make sounds and have it flow and just be listening to what I'm doing in the moment and have like nothing planned. And that's where kind of the improv, you know, the uh, improvisation setup kind of came for. And that's pretty much what I do now. The instruments are different. I've got a modular system here. The mm-hmm. modular system is and semi-modular is all over um, the collaboration that Meg and I did um, in a very conscious ways. But um, I also have still play out with the small, you know, kind of like a modified version of the small synth and pedal format that I uh, use. And I add Borderlands granular on my iPad in there and kind of live sample and sing into that. And that's part of it there too. So um, yeah, it's, sorry, it's a long journey. (laughs) No, I know to try to, to try to, you know, nicely wrap it in a, in a short period of time is very difficult. So I did a great job. Um, It was was a very long, as you were going through, I was like, wow, this is way more succinct than I would have been if I, you know, (laughs) asked this question. (laughs) Well, fortunately it was a very long elevator ride that we had there. Right. Yeah. 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 We're going up to the, um, cool. Um, Actually, Meg, before we move on to yours, do you mind if I pause for one second? I told Kim before. I think they're all. <laughs> I'm going to, hold on, I guess I want to hit chord in the DAW. And then I'll do a little clap for sync. Um, and we're back. Okay. So, um, well, Kim, was there anything else I didn't want to cut you off? Sorry. Oh, I mean, that was a lot. So (laughs) that that kind of brought us, I mean, I think the only thing that I didn't cover was really how um, I met Meg. And uh, we can either talk about that now or we can hear into that. Let's let's hear from Meg just so people have a a nice picture and little story of Meg in their head so they can. Sounds great. I think it'll be better that way. I don't know. Well. Uh, that was a very succinct. Uh, <laughs> thank you. It felt that, very rambly, but thank you. <laughs> no, that was great. I, whenever I talk about my musical uh, uh, journey, I always feel a little bit. Um, it's it's. I mean, it's all over the place. You know, I started off playing in school orchestras. I'm a violinist and a pianist, and uh, then I kind of quickly veered off uh, when I was in my. Uh, probably really early 20s playing in like punk and like hardcore bands and playing the violin and oh, cool. uh yeah it's like it, the height of like your like dropkick murphy flogging molly like yellow card kind of era i think it was it was more like uh post-rock oh, kind okay. of stuff. you know okay, like heavy cool. heavy like post-rock nice. um and so that that kind of led me into like playing in like doom and like metal uh, circles and strings, you know, ha- have a really nice space in those uh, places. And then um, played with some bands and did a lot of, uh, did a, like a lot of touring and um, uh, that kind of thing, uh, more like in the metal spaces. But I, I kept, I also had a, like a solo project that I started, which was like a looping project. Um, it, it was based on like loops, looping my violin and, um, you know, writing songs about that and i think there was like a big like looping kind of scene you know happening 
around that time. What did you use? Did you use like the, the electro harmonics, big, big cat? No, I didn't. I used a boss RC 20 XL. It was like the two. Is that the the, double? I had that thing. That was great. And you could store, you could store samples on it and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I had, I, I, had, I awesome. still, ha- I still like, you know, prize my sample bank from, from that thing. And, and, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, that thing, those are great. I had two of them going at one, at one point because I was like, I think I, I got one off a friend, uh, for like, you know, $60 or something. And uh-huh. I was like, Oh, this is awesome. You know? So I created like, so then I was like making beats on the body of the instrument and stuff like that. It was, it was like a really, a really cool, uh, kind of course in uh, being your own, you know, you know, one person band. Uh-huh. Uh, so I did that. And, um, and then I kind of shied away from that for a little while. And cause I, I realized I really wanted to kind of get up into like more electronic music, more experimental music, um, started playing with the, well, actually, uh, uh, a friend of mine, Kelly from Make Noise, mm-hmm. invited me to a make to a Oak Coast study group. And it was just kind of from there, it was like, oh, this is amazing. I gotta, I gotta investigate this. I gotta see what's going on with this. And then I've been playing, um, you know, been, been, really into playing modular but also playing the violin and like kind of marrying the two and and uh having them be friends and um so i i feel like they have a they have a good good solid friendship going on right now the violin nice. and the modular. and that's nice. that was kind of like my 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 aim you know because i i i really don't think that i don't think that we need to be so separate with you know how we make music you know it it Totally it's, agree. You know, and I think that these modular concepts like really, you know, they really rewired my brain in a really positive way. Um, but it didn't make me stop wanting to play the violin, you know. So that's you are you're like speaking to my soul right now because I'm a guitarist. I'm sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt, but um, no, no, no. I, I'm a guitarist, been playing since I was twelve. It's definitely my strongest instrument. Um, and then getting into modular, I kind of hung the guitar on the wall and it stood there, you know, stayed there for a long time. And I finally feel like I got to a point with modular where I'm like, I know how I want to use it. And I've been using guitar through it a lot lately. And actually I have to show you guys this because I did this this morning. This is so Ooh. nerdy. Cool. I love it. I love it. Let's get nerdy. So I just got the field kit from Coma. Have you seen those? Mm-hmm. It's I've like heard, a little, yeah. yeah, it's like a, like a four channel mixer or radios on it, but it came with this like kit, this field recording kit that has all these like uh, piezo mics and motors. It has even like this little thing that can drive like DC motors and stuff. But anyways, I taped the two piezos to the guitar bridge and then oh, ran... Cool those cables to some really, really long um, stackables. And then this is my geophone, my little yeah. geophone, which is like a seismic microphone. Yeah. I've got that taped to it. Um, so my plan for today after we're done is to make some weird guitar shit. 
um, with my new Frankenstein setup here. So <laughs> that is so cool. Um, so yeah, oh. sorry, sorry to derail you there, Meg, but you're really Not speaking to my soul. Um, yeah. Well, you're you. Yeah, you've kind of hardwired it in, and you know, it's, it's electrical that, tape can take well, you yeah, ways. <laughs> with that microphone, you're probably going to get like a lot of the like uh, sounds of like what is going on you know sonically in like the body of the instrument mm -hmm. that's the yeah so the the geophone is um it's it's like you put all the it's it's just low end and it's really yeah. really really sensitive so mm -hmm. i have the 4ms um, percussion interface and you can mess with the sensitivity of that so i've got the sensitivity mm -hmm. really low yeah. And because these, um, the piezos tend to be pretty, uh, the dynamic range is pretty like high mid to high. Yeah. Actually just playing it clean, all three of them together, it sounds like a pretty nice guitar sound. And I haven't even actually plugged the guitar into anything yet. Um, yeah. But I, I am, cool. all right, sorry, I'm going to nerd out. I'm going to show you the setup too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do. Yeah, because that's that's funny because like it sounds really similar to something I've been doing and like live lately too not so much the hardwired thing but using the yeah you know. yeah and i definitely want to get into the the string portion and stuff so i just got this like it's it's kind of looks, oh whoa yeah so it's just like a laptop stand but i've got yeah. my two 4ms pods and then my strega and then the field kit and that's kind of like oh, my current cool. guitar that's a that's a chaos machine that's great <laughs> Totally. Yeah, it's That's really awesome. fun. And then I got my battery um, so I can bring it into the wilds and freak people out, which is always really fun. Oh. So. <laughs> you just did, um, Tim, you just did a, a video where you were out in the wild with your guitar. Was this using the same exact setup or is this kind of was like it a new iteration? Was I on a ferry or was I on the ferry boat or you was had, I by a had... troll, the big troll Oh, that's, I think you might've been on the ferry because there was water in the background. Yeah. So that was kind of like a miniature version of this. I think I just had one of the pods and the strega. I yeah. just got the, um, the coma, like this, I haven't really used it yet. So today is like my, all right, let's see Whoa. what we can do with this. But lately it's been, uh, the two powered pods and the, the, the strega because with those pods you only need one power supply and then you can daisy chain off of them mm -hmm. and uh, it works with strega even though they're not technically the same but I uh, I looked it up on and people have successfully done it so I'm like all right I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it um and the strega is just such a beast for guitar because it's you know with the filter and the you can have that envelope follower um you can really get some really nice like crazy tremolo stuff with the filter and controlling the filter with the dynamics mm -hmm. of like what you're actually playing and stuff. Um, I just totally hijacked your guys' <laughs> show. Well, um, it's funny because <laughs> you were talking about the, uh, the, the Strega and, uh, and that was, that was uh, what was really the emphasis for the, the waves, the tumultuous waves that are on Plutonic, which mm -hmm. is the, okay. The first track on uh the record and uh you like just really trying to push the filter on that like as uh, like as as far as would like almost to the point of like not being okay but 
you know, <laughs> trying to. <laughs> the Strega is very good at getting into those zones. Yeah, yeah. on all fronts. Yeah, exactly. So those waves are are, are Strega based waves. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, 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 and that nice. was, yeah, and that was definitely. Um, so yeah, I, you can, I don't know. There's something about Kim. I'm. We were, you know, to to kind of like segue into like talking about the record. We were trying to really, what we did was we started sort of talking about observing cycles and acknowledging cycles. That was kind of like our, that was kind of like the the big, like kind of overlying theme. And so we kept, you know, we were observing them in the natural world. You know, we were observing them in, you know, in, in just the way that things were developing and, and even some like really interesting like timing as far as like how our when we would finish like certain sections would be like on a new moon or on a full moon or something Mm -hmm. like Uh that we were we were we were observing like these cycles and um and so we did i i definitely i think subconsciously at first but then more more consciously was uh using thinking about natural cycles and uh, thinking about i mean waves of course are like the first that's the first thing that I think of when I think about, um, you know, sort of a natural like oscillation like that. And uh, so it, it, it makes sense that, you know, I think we both used, um, we both have kind of our own interpretation of, of natural cycles within the record, you know, and okay. uh, and it was cool. kind of like which modules are going to and which which techniques are going to enable us to like sort of make this be more apparent or or make this make this sound or or give this feeling of this sort of natural cycle okay I, you know I, I, go, oh, ahead. go ahead kim i i, I uh, want to definitely jump in this to this i had just had a few more questions uh for for kim just to like round out the narrative but please finish your thought unless i just uh, totally yeah it. i well i was just gonna kind of go on um what meg was talking about because um Meg and I were just talking about actually this very thing. You segued right into what we're doing, you know, uh, and kind of what was going on with the album. And we were talking about different people's uh, reactions that we've heard, friends of ours who have listened and talking about that, you know, like pushing the envelope on some of the things just to the point of where like it might go over, but might come back. And in, and one of the neat things that happens is there's a there's a place that a friend of mine was talking about in the song titled Crossings um, that I did. And that song, the, it's a feedback patch that's the no coast and the strega, a generative feedback patch that I just like, I plugged it in and I just like created the patch and heard the filter kind of going up and down. It was creating um, effects with the harmonics that was changing the level either increasing the level or if it was you know getting out of phase then it was you know decreasing the level on things then towards the end it just like really swells up and my friend was talking about how like she kind of her phrase was like I was wondering if the mastering was going to hold or if it was just going to overwhelm and uh and I knew you know that 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 it wasn't because I had recorded essentially just observing the cycles that those two instruments were doing for like an hour I recorded it and then I took kind of like what was the most compelling around 10 minutes Mm -hmm. and that's what you hear so it's like literally just observing the cycles 
Um, mm -hmm. And then I added that kind of um, in the morphogene, I live sampled my voice and added that kind of loop to kind of ground the sound a little bit more, kind of, you know, make it maybe feel a little bit more meditative and maybe not quite as aggressive. But the other sounds I didn't, and one of the interesting things that I don't think Meg and I have ever really talked about is that we had similar instruments that we used on it. Like we both love the Strega. So when you started talking about the Strega, I'm like, you're walking right into our territory here mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> completely. But Meg and I did not talk ahead. We talked about process ahead of time. We talked about, you know, like how would this, how would the cycles manifest itself perhaps in sounds, you know, like what kind of things might we use or not use, but we didn't say, okay, I'm going to use, you know, the strike, I'm going to use the no coast, I'm going to use the morphogene, we're going to, but we ended up having some very, not a hundred percent the same, but extremely similar instruments that we ended up using in part probably because those were the things that we had that we had kind of compiled beforehand and were already working with, but in part because I think for both of us, these were the instruments like, okay, if we want to reach for this idea of a cycle or something like that, these are the instruments that kind of call. I think the fact that you both, uh, without discussing it with each other, selected similar tools, to me that kind of, um, that kind of underscores a thought that I've had about the record is of how it does sound, you know, like a coherent piece together, even though it's a split, you know, sometimes splits have like a similar, um, you know, maybe they're both within the same genre or something like that. But this, like, if you didn't tell me it was a split and I just played it front to back, I think I would just think it was you, you both on, on every song. So I think that's, that's kind of, that's pretty cool. And and Kim, you mentioned something earlier. I've got to see if I can remember it, um, or maybe it was maybe it was Meg. One of you said earlier, and I think you just like invented your new genre. And I think it perfectly describes the album is like meditative aggression, like meditatively aggressive. And that's something that I really because I I'm not super well like versed in like the doom stoner side of metal but i'm i'm getting more into it i really like sun and i'm trying to find more stuff like that because it's the cookie monster vocals always scare me away but like the really heavy stuff without the singing is is i'm very drawn to that but part of what draws me to kind of like the sun's later later stuff and it's something that your record does for me as well is it it almost like goes so hard and heavy that it comes back around to where like i could listen to it to like fall asleep to absolutely you know? mm -hmm. playing playing that kind of music um i it, it always felt really cathartic to me it, it didn't feel de depressing or mm -hmm. you know any of these other terms that i think a lot of folks will like kind of say about heavy music it is meditative and it, when you have these like sonic volumes and you have these really long um, phrases, you know, or like three chords to get up inside of, you know what I mean? To mm -hmm. like fall inside of and sort of see what all of this texture is about. Yeah. Um, that's, um, that's a meditative space, you know, that, yeah. that's a, that's a flow space. And, uh, playing that is, I mean, I think, I think bodily as well. Like if you're playing like at these, like really large, like, high vol like volumes you know you have all of this sound kind of impacting you in a way that's really real can be really relaxing you know 
Mm -hmm. um, so I think that there's like a like a body reaction that you have, especially if you're like either seeing it live or you're uh, playing it yourself. You know, mm -hmm. definitely, um, yeah. I, yeah, like babe, like babies will fall asleep in really loud environments and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And I think some this is a thought that just came to me the other day, and I'm 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 sure other people have thought about this, but you know, everybody says the book was better, right? They love a book, they go see the movie. And everybody says, you know, they just can't, you know, they, they always put it on the director or the people who made the movie. And I, I, I've never felt that way because I feel like with a book, you're also using your creativity while reading it because you're, you're creating the visuals in your head and you're making these connections. And I feel like the movie does a lot of that for you. And I feel like that's what, you know, kind of this ambient, long form um, especially like with your record, um, I feel like what, what, like you said, Meg, like these, these chords for you to crawl up inside of, like, I love that. I feel like that's a great turn of phrase. Um, but because it's so, has so much more space in it, you as a listener are also involved in the creative experience, like you would be in a book or something. And I think that's what draws me to this kind of music, um, and I lost where I was going with that. And I felt, I was very proud of where I was going with that. I was no, like, this is I think good you, stuff. Uh, you were going in a good place. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and yeah. then it just stopped, but. <laughs> I think you landed there because I yeah. think that, you know, talking about how you, being kind of charged with that space, you know, to uh, not get, I mean, being able to like sit with whatever kind of feelings you're having or to um, allow those things to kind of come up, like whatever it's kind of stirring, you know, mm -hmm, that, that's mm -hmm. the courageous mm -hmm. thing, rather than move on to the next thing, you know, that I think it is a kind of a courageous, like adventure, adventurous listening to like, be able to like, to do that. And, yeah, uh, yeah. and kind of sit back and be like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride this out, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this I stuff you know, ride it out. And then at the end of it, or even in the beginning of it, you start to feel maybe really joyful or maybe really moved in some way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think there's a, I think from the performative side of this kind of music and from the listening side, there is a, um, there is a, a good practice could be found within both experiences of making and listening of being present you know, in the moment, especially as somebody performing this because it's moving so slowly and the changes are, you know, gradual and over long spaces of time, I feel like you really have to be aware of where it's going and where you'd like to take it. If you do have plans or how, you know, if something does happen that wasn't planned, like you don't want to overcorrect too quickly. It's kind of like overcorrecting in a car in the snow too quickly. You know, you can get yourself into more trouble if you do that. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I think that's really cool. Yeah. That, and that's kind of an interesting thing. Cause it, it goes back to, you know, when I was talking about my history, um, about conscientiously going into improvising instead of, you know, having things that are pre-planned and, you know, I may have a sample or two that I know I can reach for that I know is in a certain key. Um, but what I do with it is very much in the moment. And this is also, you know, in the project too, because like the, um, my first original track, so much of actually what's on there, I think there's only one track 
and I'm trying to remember which one, Salacia, I think, that I did overdubs on, then everything else are long form, even longer form. There's a few edits like in Salacia um, where I was using, Meg and I, I don't know if it was, we don't have the, um, I'm segueing into something else, sorry. Um, May, uh, I don't think that it's on the band camp or not, but what happened is that Meg and I created original pieces for the beginning of each one of our parts of the split. So like the first three songs um, on mine and the first two on Meg's are our original tracks. And then we exchanged tracks and essentially did reworks of each other's tracks, um, which is part of what I think, you know, really lends to the cohesion, making it feel like it's almost like one artist going through a journey. I missed that. I I thought it was just you two separately. I must not have dove deep yeah, enough I, I don't the... think it's, we've been talking about this. I don't think the description's up on Bandcamp. So most people who don't like know us personally don't know that that was the process. Um, okay. And, okay. and it, it was a, a great part of the process to do that. But most of my um, takes there are live one takes. They're just being in the moment with the elements. Even when I was, um, uh, reworking Meg's tracks, I put um, her samples and some of her stems in my modular system oh, and cool. um, had them playing throughout. So everything that I was doing was like an in the moment live mix. And it's just I, I, creating that way. I mean, I just I just love it because you do have to you have to be present in the moment. And for me personally, I like to not exactly know where I'm going. I like to not have an idea. Like I said, I, I know, you know, there are some samples I can reach for if I want to change where the pace of things are going. I know I can reach for things in different sections, but exactly when I'm going to do it, if I'm going to do it, what I'm going to do, where it's going to end up, I never know. And it's all according to what I'm just hearing and feeling in the moment. If I'm performing live, sometimes it's like what else is going on in the room um, totally. You're not the first person that's brought that up. And I think yeah. that's a really, really interesting um, observation from a performer's uh, perspective, because it seems like when you, it's one of those things that you hear and you're like, well, yeah, duh. But then you're like, but you, but I also never thought of that until somebody said that, you know, like, <laughs> it's like, it's when it's like so simple and, and, and beautiful, but yet like kind of like genius in the same way of like, you know, like being able to be, attuned to that, you know, and like, you know, you read the energy of a room, like it's much easier in a rock performance because if everybody's pumping their fists right. in time with the kick drum, then, you know, you're doing something kind of right. But, you know, I feel like in the, in the modes that we operate in, it can be a little more of a difficult read. Um, I personally, one of my favorite parts of, you know, performing electronic ambient improvisation live or any you know kind of improvisation live is that is the wind down because like I've played in rooms where like they're not they weren't there for me you know they were there for the act that was coming next and that mm -hmm. sort of thing so they didn't know what to expect or they were restless and you can kind of hear it and that sort of thing but when you get to the end and you start kind of like working in it and you've got that like kind of final fade out and the room gets quiet and they're like really listening all the Do last little bits uh, of it uh, you know and they're like everybody's holding their breath to hear that like last little sound and then it's like yeah man that's mm -hmm. that's just yeah that's like you the safely thing. landed that's, together i love that yeah um that so i do you you answered some of the the specifics that i had uh about the record because i want to check the time i want to make sure that we oh my gosh 
40 minutes. All right. Um, I want to know how the record came about. Did the label come to you individually and then, hey, I want to work with Meg or I want to work with Kim or did you guys think of something to do together and then approach a label or, or I guess how did you guys meet? Because if you're in Tennessee and, and Meg, you're in uh, North Carolina, right? Um, how, how did you all meet and decide to work together? I guess let's start there. Well, we, um, I had put out a record with uh, Fallen Moon Recordings with uh, Nick. Um, it was my first kind of like synth record called Breath is a Wave. Mm -hmm. And he, Kim and I sort of just knew each other because we were um, people making music modular in, in the South. And <laughs> we were, uh, yeah. and I have just, family in Asheville, so I go back and forth to Asheville okay. quite a bit. Okay. And so we met through, through, um, a couple of years before through mutual yeah. friends. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so we sort of just knew of each other and we, we had already at that point become friends and had talked about trying to do something together. And, um, and then, uh, actually I think, uh, they started, they Fallen Moon started this series uh, that's, you know, they where they will take two artists and put them together. And uh, their idea was uh, Kim and I, and we were like, well, we were going to do that anyway. Oh, this perfect. Fantastic. Yeah. Feels like so, a lot of those types of things are lining up for this record. It, yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. really cool. And Fallen yeah. Moon, if you're listening, I would love to be paired with somebody. <clears throat> just, you know, just put <laughs> that out there. Um, well, and they're like a sub imprint of, of past inside present, right? Mm -hmm. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Nick Turner, who plays as Tyresta, is um, kind of the head of the Fallen Moon mm -hmm. Records, and it was it was interesting because um, I knew Nick knew Meg, and I had known Nick. We had met actually through SoundCloud a couple of years before, even before he started working with Past Inside the Present and stuff, and we struck up a online friendship. Um, but I didn't know when he, I think he approached Meg first and then approached me just like within a day or two. And I didn't know if he knew that we knew each other. And so <laughs> oh when gosh. he's like, Hey, would you <laughs> like to do this? And I was like, you know, do you know that we're actually friends in real life? You know, I and it. I was like so coming cool. over to Asheville that next week, like after yeah. he asked. So I was like, I'm going to see her next week. We're going to talk about this. This will be great. So um, so it was, yeah, an interesting piece of kismet because, you know, we didn't know that all of the triangle of connections there were all completely connected, I think. I wonder if Kevin time. Bacon's in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, probably, <laughs> you know, he's everywhere. Yeah. Right? Was it the six yeah, degrees true. of Kevin Bacon or something like that? Mm -hmm. we, could, we could do that, but it might take longer than uh, 20 minutes. Or, right. Or, yeah. <laughs> might take another 40 minutes to... Uh, to to try right? to yeah 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 I <laughs> i'll don't do some know my research i'll see what i can okay. come up with um okay so my second question with the record um is how much back and forth i mean obviously through, the, through this conversation i can tell that you guys were definitely like communicating with each other and trying to flesh out the idea um together but like how often what were those meetings like were you finishing tracks and then sharing them or sharing, you know, tr like here's a mix of something that I'm, I'm after, will this fit or like, what, what was that like collaborative 
process like because like it sounds like it was a a collaboration but also split you know it's kind of like covering a bunch of different bases um it was an absolute dream you know yeah. <laughs> it's amazing uh we had these really long conversations uh where we were just talking about uh like cycles and synthesis and uh and and um and the creative process and our, you know, pretty much everything. And, and we would send back these notes. Um, I have all these like notes on my like notes app about, uh, all these, all these, uh, observations of, uh, of cycles we had, uh, we had kind of collected. And then we had all these words that we were using. Um, and we would, you know, send back these words and then we would, um, we were just really in touch with each other, like kind of throughout the process, but we did have some pretty epic phone conversations. We did. Um, and where we just kind of discussed everything kind of, and, and the way that it evolved and the way that we were sort of just remarking on how everything is cyclical, everything is a cycle. Um, I think that had a lot to do with like, we just got very, uh, yeah, we, we got very, very excited about, um, talking to each other about the next cycle that we observe. Yeah. Or... Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. I love that. Having, <laughs> having like a, not loose, but like a, a broad, like something that's very broad. You could hang a lot of things on that. You could look for cycles in just about everything. So once everything. you're like kind of clued yes. into that, you know, you're seeing it everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. that's, yeah. That's and that fun. was, that was definitely something that, you know, and that was part of our conversation is just realizing you know, observing the cycles and that they are everywhere. They are in every part of it. And um, for the month that it, we were around the full moon time when I started composing. And so I kind of went from full moon to full moon on um, doing the first three, the, the original compositions and that sort of thing. And within there kind of like kept a journal of like cycles, things or things that kind of like came into our life that um, kept repeating and that sort of thing. And then trying to kind of think on those and then compose. But we didn't actually share while we were sharing a lot about our thoughts and our process and, you know, our lives and our emotions and, and everything that was going on. We didn't share tracks and we decided not to until we were done with them. Mm -hmm. So once we were, once we were, had our original tracks completed, then we sent them to each other. And, you know, and I mean, we would talk from time to time, you know, so like if we got excited that like, hey, we just had this, you know, I just did this thing on the violin and it was really cool. Or, you know, if, if I came up with a loop that I really liked, you know, I kind of like talked a little bit about it, but we didn't actually hear what each other was doing until after our original pieces were complete essentially pretty much i, I mean i think there was one or two things that i added just a little bit later but the root of like most of my pieces were there and then we exchanged and then we kind of did the same thing for our reworks too is that we went about and went into them and um it kind of created them on our own you know still talking still conversing of course keeping in touch a lot during that time and then did the same thing kind of like debuted them to each other at the same time the, okay it was really so, exciting. yeah go, go ahead because really, we could be like i'd be like i don't know what what is she up to you know right. mm -hmm. 
that 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 thought of being like I I you know I I you would describe something and I'd be like I, how is she how is she going to interpret that in a you know in a you know sonically and right really exciting especially when we like sent each other our tracks to be like what okay so this is where you've been right. uh -huh, exactly. it was really cool it was a really cool process because we you know there was a reveal there were two reveals really right and yeah it's like it's like i feel like there's so i love collaborating like i love i love just you know working on art with other people no matter what it is like it, it, especially when you trust the person so like obviously you both trusted each other to mm -hmm. you know to to keep these until they were finished but i am at like just i just picturing myself in a situation like this like especially after the phone calls um you know the excited phone calls and all this like you know it sounds like it was a really really nice like just like creative time like it sounds like it was just really flowing the muse was, was mm -hmm. the muse had you on the ropes um <laughs> and i feel like like that must have felt like christmas morning or something and I, I my question where i'm going with this is is of course like it's like how different or similar like what was what was like the surprise like like the expectation versus the reality of each other's tracks oh that's a good question yeah, that is a good question. I think one thing that was really interesting to me is that I feel like in my original tracks that I was more like they're they're at a slower pace. You know, they're they're more kind of like the underlying energy, you know, almost kind of like just a, this wasn't an illusion that I was thinking of at the time, but it's coming to my mind now. But it's like the lava flowing under the ground. And I feel like Meg's was more like the eruption happening. And I think that that's what, so hers had so much, when I first heard it, there was like so much energy in what she had done. And, you know, and we talked about it, like the illusion, like not only sonically, because there's like, it, I think it was the strega waves, but they literally sounded like waves in parts of her piece. So it literally sounded like a storm that came along on the ocean in the middle of the ocean. And then the waves crashing and all that. And then it comes back down and, you know, and settles and that sort of thing. So the flow and the energy of Meg's was what I was, especially since for my compositions, I was coming from such a kind of almost like a drone, like a singular drone that, that changed very slowly in places. So when I heard Meg's energy, I was like, oh my God, there's so much energy in this. This is amazing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Nice. And I had a, like a similar kind of, uh, kind of feeling as well, you know, Kim, in that uh, I immediately was struck, like when I wrote, you know, Orbital Resonance, which was, you know, which was based on, on your track. I, I was like, I, I would hear bits of things you know and when you talk about this it's funny because like we were talking before about how things were very big and long form but things are also like very very we have like we have songs that are that are just like made of these little tiny bits you know and um i mean that micro was a lot cycles. of right microcycles yeah. like little painstaking you know i'd see i'd heard this one part and you know just painstaking like piecing it together to create this like sort of almost a melody like a choral melody or something like that and i heard that immediately even in the long form piece so it almost felt like there were like 
there were other pieces hiding within our pieces. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Like, you know, it's yeah, like, we just like had, guiding you, you like, had to mine it or something. Yeah. Like we just had to kind of like, you know, oh, well, what if I go down this path or what if I go down this path? And you, I was like, oh, there you are here. You know, like, <laughs> like you know, it I almost felt like, like you were, you were sort of high, like they were sort of hiding in there and you just had to kind of uncover them. And, and you know, it was, yeah, it was pretty cool because um, especially the one that you used for that rework was like one of three, what ended up being three different parts in Ebb and Flow and the first one, but it was actually the first sequence that I had put together for the entire project. And I gave it its own name. It was uh, the cycle of um, rust. The theme of rust kept coming up. So it even right. had its own name, but I kind of didn't know where to go with it, to expand it. So it became part of one of the three parts of that song. So when you took that part and then I had to go back, since that was all one live take, I had to go back and kind of like piece out the little pieces and threads and kind of like make stems um, for Meg that weren't actually exactly the flow of how I did my live mix because mm -hmm. I was doing it all live to two. Um, but what I loved is when Meg did the rework, I was so delighted by that. Cause I'm like, you made the piece that I couldn't make from that, that you made the piece that this piece needed to be that I couldn't finish expressing. And I was just like, so over the moon about that. That was I just so that. cool that she picked up on that exact thing. Cause I was like, Yes, it deserves to be its own piece, but I didn't know how to do it, and you did I, it. It was that's, awesome. That's like the the best thing about collaboration. Like I was in bands in high school, and then I did my like I went to college, and I was going to be a, a professor. So I, I was like, I'm just a musician on you know on the side, but I never really that's that's all I ever wanted to do. Anyways, for for basically my whole academic career, I was playing on my own just playing acoustic guitar and singing in the kitchen, sad songs. Um, I was a depressed young man. Um, but then, you know, like I always felt like my, the music that I'd made by myself was good, but it, I, I just always felt like there was something missing. And when I got back together with my, my best friend from, from high school, we learned how to do stuff together. And now we're in our late twenties and, and writing music together again. I like, it was one of those like aha moments, like, I think I might be slowly becoming an adult. We're like, it is so cool to have someone be able to give you that assist and bring something that you're proud of and really like, but help just push it up to that next mm -hmm. level and be like, I never would have thought of this. And it's so much better than it could have been without, you know, it's, I don't know. I just, I love Absolutely. that so much. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And that was definitely how I felt listening to that. It was, I was just like, yes. Well, Meg, I sent you a quite. A, I I sent you a message, and then I was like, you know, we've only really chatted online, and we're not like we don't really know each other. And I sent you this message, and I was like, I hope she doesn't think I'm a psycho. Um, but I'm actually <laughs> forgot what it was. I'm going back yeah. to look. I think I no, just you, yeah, you like said some something exploding like heads oh, or something. There were some exploding head emojis, and I was like, <laughs> what? I love to see that. I love to see um, explode. I mean, I think any artist likes to see exploding head head emojis like in response to their album you yeah. know it's just <laughs> a really good sign unless you've harmed someone which you don't do. <laughs> right. no. Yeah. no i was just on a walk around the neighborhood and i felt myself getting like pumped up and because i've been listening to a lot of heavy music lately um because i want to kind of make something heavier 
So like I've been listening to a lot of like deer hoof and lightning bolt and stuff. And I feel like you even tapped into some of that energy on this. And when I hear that in this kind of music, that like that, I get really pumped up about that. You know, I'm just like, cause it's new, it's new to me anyways, but it's like, this is not, you're not going to find what you guys make like readily on, you know, the new releases on Spotify. Like, like, I feel like you have to search for, for this kind of stuff. And when you find that version of whatever it is, you know, like if it's ambient or doom, there are ambient fans out there and doom fans out there that would both like, if they found your record are both can be very, very happy about this. So like when you do find that thing, that's like, this is the, it's doing the thing that I've kind of been looking for in this kind of music, mm-hmm. you know, like that's just like a really fun, you know, yeah, it gets, I get pumped up. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad. Yeah. 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 That was a great, that was actually a great message to get. Yeah. I was okay. like, uh, I was excited about that. Yeah, Just I was like, like you were- whoa, holy shit, mind exploding. And then I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, we don't really know each other. I hope she didn't think I'm a fucking weirdo, but. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I assume you're a weirdo, so. Yeah, I'm definitely, I mean, I feel like, I, I feel like it's no secret that I put it out there pretty, pretty readily that I'm definitely a weirdo, but. I think most um, people that you talk to on the Podular Modcast are, are weirdos, so. Yeah, they're all my favorite types of weirdos. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. y'all are real weirdos too, don't. Don't even oh, try yeah. it. Yeah. Um, okay. We are at an hour, but I don't like to end things without asking my guests if they have anything that they would like to scream from the modular mountaintops. I've heard you say that and I don't, what do you, nope. do you want to know you? what I mean by that? Do Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I you... want, yeah, go ahead. So no, you go ahead. I want, I, I want it to be evocative in the sense of what do you, what you want it to mean. So like if there, do you, it, it could be some people use, some people promote something, some people give advice, some people just, you know, make a proclamation of any sort. And that's kind of what I'm looking for. Like, what is that, what does that question evoke from, for, for you? Like, I kind of, I kind of wanted to be open ended and 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 let the weirdos be their weirdo selves. Ooh, okay, that's tempting. <laughs> See, the problem that you have here is that we're both like very deep thinkers, so like we could probably take this phrase <laughs> and like think on it for like and and, and talk about it for like about an hour. <laughs> I think that's what we're oh both. My both Meg and I are like. Hmm. You just gave me a good idea. We should we should do something like that where you guys could get back. Not you can, you do your, do the, the knee jerk reaction one now, but if you guys wanted to give me a more in-depth thing, I could stitch. If you wanted to send me an auto audio recording, I could stitch that in, or you could just write it up and I could read it on a future episode or something. If you want it, I don't want to give you extra work, but. No, that sounds great. I would be thinking about it anyway. So I might as well. Right. I'm going to take a stab at a knee-jerk reaction, though, which is kind of following on a little bit of what you were um, talking about, Tim, just a minute ago about, um, you know, this recording being both, you know, hopefully appealing to ambient people and people who also like heavier music and that sort of thing. And Meg has this wonderful phrase that she uses to describe herself, which I love, which is genre agnostic. (laughs) um and so my yelling from the modular mountaintop is um 
make the music you want to make. Because I think it's so important to, you know, we, we were actually talking about this, uh, was it maybe even last night, talking about how, um, uh, you know, people feel pigeonholed in genres and people, and not just, you know, of course, like for marketing purposes and people who are more in the mainstream and that sort of thing, but even people like doing what we're doing, which I just consider, you know, experimental. Honestly, like it's, I use the phrase beers ambient because fine time, you know, kind of steers that way. But I have definitely been in ambient, at ambient shows where I'm the most experimental person. I've been at experimental shows where I'm the most ambient person. But I think that that's just so important. This like, just in general, and you're talking, you know, we're talking about like all being fellow weirdos and that sort of thing. Make the music and the and I'm gonna go to make the sounds you want to make, you know whatever seems interesting to you and don't worry about if it falls into a genre or if it matches a label or if it matches even what audience uh, audience expectations are because I mean most of the time you're gonna end up playing a show where people are not there for you you know they're not expecting what you're about to do and maybe you win them over and maybe you don't win them over or anything like that but the biggest thing is to do something that you enjoy whatever it is if it's long form if it's short form if it's ambient if it's dance it's you know if it's just music concrete and you know if it's harsh noise i have some friends who are in harsh noise bands and and they just you know love the ball of sound that they mm-hmm. make and stuff mm-hmm. like that so i would say that you know like basically i guess the you do you and encourage people to do that yeah i totally agree that's come up a few times in the in the, some recent episodes and and you know with different verbiage and stuff and um but the the underlying like theme or thesis of all, all of that is like you're going to enjoy yourself much more and you know like whatever you whatever authenticity is to you or originality or whatever if that's important to you like the most original thing you can do is just make what you're compelled to make and follow Mm -hmm. the sounds that you're compelled to follow because if you try to do this type of music i don't know it's just i feel like you you're already shooting yourself in the foot a little bit but yeah so i totally agree with that yeah totally and to kind of continue i you know totally kim yeah we're very much you know, on on I'm, I'm very much wanna wanna yell that from the modular mm-hmm. the precipice. Uh but I also I also think that like whatever you like or whatever you want to put out into the world um is maybe what is what needs to be out in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're not fitting in because of like something that you're doing or or maybe your your lack of experience with something or your maybe your you know reticence about the technology or, or whatever it is if you're feeling those those kinds of feelings then maybe that's the kind of attitude that's needed maybe whatever you're going to create is is going to be really special and um and is what is what what needs to happen you know mm-hmm. and that me so that that feeling of like that feeling of uncertainty of maybe imposter syndrome or any other other things that that, that you may be feeling um, could could also be a sign that that that's what's missing, you know. Totally, yeah. Go to the places that scare you, as Pema Children mm-hmm. would say. You know, like 
there's a reason you're scared of that. Mm-hmm. And if it's, you know, like I used to sing in bands. I used to be a, a songwriter, singer, songwriter. I wanted to be the next Connor Oberst again, very sad young man. Um, but I, I left, I left like the singing songwriting thing behind because I just got to a point where I, I was like the type of lyrics that I hold, like my standard of good lyrics, like I am not capable of doing that. Um, so I haven't, you know, written lyrics or, you know, I sing for my, for fun because it feels good, but I don't do it in music at all. And there's a part of me that wants to, but I think the main reason I'm not is is 100% fear, you know, mm. just yeah, fear totally. of how it would be. Yeah. Um, like I'm not, I'm not a great, like, you know, so, you know, I, I'm not a great, like a, uh, you know, classical session musician and uh, that's, it doesn't speak to me, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, but, but I can do other things with other instruments, you know, and um, if it's not speaking to you, uh, sometimes you are good at stuff that's not speaking to you. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> True. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes you can be like, "Yeah, I can." You know, I can make it. I'm a wizard at Excel or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> don't want it. Don't enjoy it. But you know, it, right? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I got some shop. You know, but uh, I think that. Yeah, I think that like kind of leaning into that, but also that you know, leaning into a place, you know, those places where where other folks are not, not into it yet, maybe. You know, because like things yeah. take a while to sort of percolate and you may be at the bleeding edge of something, you know, mm-hmm. and totally. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you are if you and your heart or heart, heart of hearts are like, oh, this this is speaking to me for some reason, um, as long as it's not harming anyone else. I right. feel like yeah. add that caveat to literally everything. Um, it's unfortunately but, unfortunate that we live in a world where you have to, you kind of have to now. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, just to kind of, you know, like, unless was, was that your modular mountaintop proclamation or were you tagging Kim's and then setting up your own? I think our, I think our modular, uh, like, like, like many things, uh, uh, I think Kim and I were like sort of on the same, we're on the same mountaintop. We're tag teaming on that. Yeah. Nice. Well, yeah. I'm, well, there was something that you had said earlier that I wanted to kind of like use as a, a nice little ribbon to tie on this, but it, it had to do with, you know, um, taking time with something, multiple listens and, and just kind of listening to your description of the reworkings and how you guys, you know, communicated and everything. I want to just stress that like any good album, multiple listens are going to, uh, pay off. I think that is going to be especially so I like, especially just for me as somebody who has been listening to the record, you know, for the past couple days or probably weeks now since I got it. Um, I'm really excited to dive into it now after this conversation. Cause I know, I know it has more to offer, but now that I have, this as the supplemental material. I'm really, really excited to do that. Um, and I want to say thank you both for giving me your time today and coming on and thank you for the record. Um, yeah, I love it. I'm really super into what you guys are doing. And, uh, finally, can you tell us where to get it and anything else you'd like to point us in the direction of? 
Sure. Well, you get it on uh, the Fallen Moon's uh, Bandcamp. I got the cassette. Uh, it's really cool. It's like a double and like a giant case. And yeah, it's really nice. It is cool. I, I've, I've actually haven't seen anything like that before, which is pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, it's. I was telling Kim before we uh, we were recording that I think it's just the layout, the art, everything, the clear cassettes. Just it's it's very like sleek and it's just like it's a nice piece of art in itself. Cool. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it, and the art was fun because we um, we collaborated on that as well. Um, I do some digital photography, and so that was an intentional camera movement piece that I did, but I sent several of them to Meg and I was like, okay, which one feels like it? And, oh, cool. and so she was instrumental in doing that. And then the inside cover art, um, Meg took the photograph and then did some editing for hers, color editing and, and some different things and created her own piece of art for nice. that. So we're oh, trading yeah. on and off all over the place, yeah. including with our videos. We just released yeah. some videos. Yeah, I saw those today. I, I wanted to get into those too. And then, yeah, and then time took just flew yeah. by. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And those are, and those were, just to speak for a moment, those were a fun collaborative process because we did the same kind of exact things. We shot videos ourselves and then sent each other just a cache of videos that we had shot. And then each one of us picked one of the other songs and put together the video from for those oh, songs cool. from you know, so like for Meg's song, I picked, you know, um, uh, Balance Wheel and took her videos and then compiled that and created the music video for it from her videos. So, and she did the same thing for mine. So it was kind of a neat cross-pollination for our process um, creating yeah. the entire uh, I feel like album. Your process line. across all board, across the whole, like everything with art and everything, um, I feel like that, I almost want to use it as a template for a future collaboration. Like, I just like, I love, I love the spirit of it and how it was, it was like, so, it was like immersively mm -hmm. um, collaborative. It's not just on the, the songs, but like the whole thing. And, um, oh, I had one more question. Are either of you pacers when you're on the phone? Yeah. I am. So I, and my wife and friends, like if they, if I'm on the long, a long phone call, they're just like, what the fuck are you doing? And I will, I will. So I was going to say like that in itself is a cycle, like mm -hmm. the pacing yeah. on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> it would be great to like, like time lapse yourself and like, just see what your routes are. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I bet, I bet you have some like re repetition, but you're not like clocking it. Right. Like, yeah. and like, maybe there are different routes for like, when you're talking to like, um, you know, customer service for your like oh internet. Oh, yeah. If you're irritated versus. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Whether you're we talking were paying attention to stuff like that. Like we were like, why do I do this? Oh, I do this. Huh? What's going on here? You know, it really was like a really self-reflective like tool, you know, yeah. not just like, so we were paying attention to kind of observing our own cycles, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it might be interesting, like just set up like a little like camera to be like, all right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see what yeah. my pace like over oh the course God. of something like that. That's so there, funny. It's an interesting, it's an interesting way to like find out, uh, you know, things about yourself too, is by trying yeah. to observe, not interrupt, but observe your own cycles. Yeah. I didn't even know I did that until... You know, I had a few people be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, just sit down. I'm like, what are you? Oh, apparently I cannot. 
like yeah. I'll just get super <laughs> fidgety and hmm. see, I um, can't do that because there's always a cat on me <laughs> at any given point. If I, I would disturb the whole ecosystem of cats, if I actually got up. So. Yeah. I just don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think any cat that was, was living with me could, could do, would be able to do that because I would be too busy pacing. Like I have camping chairs, but when we are standing around the fire, you know, people, you know, if somebody's sitting in my chair, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sitting in your chair. Like, no, no, really. Like I'm not going to use it. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm pacing <laughs> I'm constantly. Pacing. Like, I don't know how I do this show for as long as I do actually, but, um, <laughs> Do you guys have time for the Patreon bonus section where I just ask you a couple rando questions just for a, the, the for the Patreon subscribers to get a little bonus content? I do. Sure. I don't want to take up too much of your time, so you have and to you go. It, it only takes a few minutes. Um, so something one of you said earlier was, you know, we were talking about reading the room and, you know, playing live shows. Uh, and it, I don't remember what you said, but it made me think of like, you know, we've all had people come up and say great set or, you know, people say, tell us really nice things. But I once had a person come up to me after I played a set and was like, forgot exactly how they worded it, but they're like, so like people like, like that kind of music or so <laughs> like, so people like what, what, what you were doing. Like it was just like, he was truly flabbergasted by the audacity that I had to do whatever it is that I was doing. Wow. Um, so I'm curious, is there anything like funny? It doesn't have to be negative, but you know, like, is there, has there, has there been any, like, is there any memorable thing that somebody has said to you after a performance that was just kind of like took, taking you to like, took you aback or something? I, you know, it's sad that my mind leaps to this because, and I'll, and you'll understand why here in a minute. Um, I had a live show. Um, I was opening up for the awesome Susan Alcorn in a small venue, and I was doing like a forty planned of kind of a forty-five minute long um, uh, ambient set beforehand, and at about minute, um, I'd say thirty-eight or something like that. I was standing during the performance. I started to feel faint. And I was like, okay, shifted my weight, you know, to see if I like actually was gonna, you know, if if it was just like I was locked my legs or something like that. Nope, still happening. And then it finally occurred to me, like, I'm about to faint here. So here's what I'm gonna do. There's a chair right over there. I can see a chair across from me. I'm gonna try and do my fade out, you know, like we were just talking about like how the long fade out is the mm -hmm. thing. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a fade out and then I'll have hopefully just a moment to, you know, like acknowledge the audience and then just go sit down real quick. I did not make it. I fainted. I fainted standing up at the end of the set. I made the fade, which was amazing. And I think I can remember. That's a pro move. <laughs> yes. It was funny because my husband said afterwards, he's like, I could tell something was going on because your fade was a little shorter than it usually is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but I did. I made the fade. And I passed out standing. So I was unconscious and leaning against my table of gear 
And I, of course, you know, didn't know that this was the case. And at, at one point, and so the, the room apparently, and I, I was recording from the other side of the room. So I heard the reaction afterwards, you know, so everybody applauded thinking something was normal. And I was just standing there. And then I kind of leaned a little extra and, um, and I'll tell you that was somebody's reaction to that. And then somebody realized like it's wrong. And my friends came rushing up and helped me sit down on the ground and, and that sort of thing. And that entire time I was unconscious. And the, oh the two God. comments that I had after, um, one from an artist, um, Janelle Leppin, that was traveling with Susan at the time who I just met that night is she was so wonderful because afterwards she said, I honestly thought that that was part of the performance piece. You know, like, nice. so she thought, she thought that my leaning against the table before she realized that everything was wrong, you know, she was just like, oh, this is just part of, you know, like her presence or something like that. And then there was somebody else, and I don't know who they were, that afterwards, you know, after I recovered and I came, came back out, came up to me afterwards and said, quite honestly, like, you know, I think you were just so mellow that you knocked yourself out. Like your music is just so mellow. And I kind of like didn't know what to say to him. And I was like, they just well, you didn't... know, I perform this kind of music all the time. And this mm -hmm. is the, 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 I, I've never passed out. So I, I don't think that was it. And he kind of looked at me and was like, yeah, no, I think it was. I think yeah. you just like zoned out and that's like not I'm out. I'm so glad that you clarified that it was a, a dude because like uh, just the <laughs> idea of a, a dude mansplaining to you that you bored yourself to sleep with your own performance right, exactly. is just like, it's it's perfect. That is perfect yep. in like the worst way, but it's it's just like. Right. Okay. And I didn't know him. I don't think I've ever, I mean, to my knowledge, I've never run into him in another show or anything like that. But I'm just like, okay. Yeah. The oblivion <laughs> of not realizing how much of a, not even backhanded, backhanded, like compliment. That was just like a straight up, like, just kind of like a, not a great, I, what's the point? What what was his goal right. of saying that? You know? I know. Like, and after I like I passed out, I mean, like literally passed right. out. Of yeah, the like you don't need that like, on you know, top and, of it. And then like after I was like, at first I was kind of like, is this guy joking? You know, and so I kind of like treated it nicely, you know, at mm -hmm. first. But then him to be like, no, I don't think you're right. I think no, yeah, I'm definitely oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. The um, audacity of masculine oblivion. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, to kind of continue that, what you just said. Uh, so I, I sometimes there will be some suggesting or things you could maybe do. Have you tried like smiling would, more? That was really cool. <laughs> uh, have you ever done this thing that doesn't make sense to your set? You know, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> you'll be like, I, I, I'm not a great, I'm not great at responding to that. I'd be like, thanks. And then, you know, cause that's a different, that's like a different, that's sort of a different, um, that's a, it, it's just got a different feel than, than somebody like wanting to talk about the process, you know, mm -hmm. totally. more like that was whatever that was, was great. But have you tried, you know, yeah. this thing I think you should do. You know. Like feeling like the performance is an opportunity for um like like you're doing it for criticism, you know, like you're you're right. looking for constructive criticism rather than mm -hmm. 
yeah, trying yeah. to express yourself. Yeah. It's always from people who don't like do the thing that you're doing. Mm -hmm. I feel like too, is just like, it's almost like non-comedians trying to write tags for comedians jokes or something. It's kind of like, somebody said something like so ridiculous to me the other day. Have you thought about um, like, maybe like trying to put your, like put getting your music on like a label or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That had <laughs> occurred to me. I, yeah. Why don't you just do that? All right. I'll just do that. You know, it's just like that. Kind right. of thing. It's just like, yeah. I mean, sometimes that comes from a, a really like lovely place of, of people really wanting to be like, like you did something that, that, that really interests them. And so they want to talk about it further, but sometimes um, I'm not sure, but I don't know. There's like a, just a simple, there's like a, a way that there's just a vibe sometimes that you'll get. That it's like, cause I want to talk about process all the time, mm -hmm. you know, every day, like 24 hours a day, Same you know, so, but, uh, but sometimes you'll, you'll catch a little bit of a vibe and you're like, I think you want to tell me that, you know, things and that's cool you know i'm glad you know things you know that's great yeah yeah you know because I, I you know you, i don't want to shut anybody down also that somebody who's like just trying to connect you know and because uh, yeah. i think that, i think connecting like around music can be can be hard for some you know for some folks because like i think there's a lot of there can be some some shyness and some you know folks not feeling like they you know, really have a place to, to talk and. Right. They want to, they want to let you know that they're on the level to have this conversation that right. they really want to yeah. have with you. And, yeah. you know, and I feel like that can come across sometimes as a little like passive aggressive or a little like, Hey, you know, <laughs> like I think a lot of like people, they don't want, especially if you're just on stage, right? You're, you're the center of attention. You're, you know, for all intents and purposes, the reason everyone's there, they don't want to come up, you know, like to, and kiss the ring so much, you know, they, they, you know, like, and, and, and that's weird because that's all, that's all in their head. You know, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe the person they're uh, going up to is like a total rock star in their own head and, and is kind of that person, but you know, I feel like more often than not, especially with the type of music that we make and the, the, you know, the, the places we play that it's, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of rock star going on, but um, yeah, I do yeah. feel like sometimes people, they don't want to like, it, I think it's an unconscious like power dynamic thing that they don't want to like relinquish, like just because you're, you're the, the performer right now, that doesn't mean that you're higher than me. And it's, I think it's all this weird insecurity because you know musicians you know yeah, some, of yeah. us, some of us are a little insecure um yeah and I I was... that, yeah i i think that, that that you know i mean just kind of like being like thanks and like it can i don't know i'm always down to talk with pretty much anybody about like process if we're really talking about you know process and mm -hmm. there's genuine, genuine want for connection there even if it's a little rocky at first you know? Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. and I think you yeah. can like I, I, you can suss out pretty quickly like somebody's intention. Like, mm -hmm. do they are do they did did they just really enjoy what you what they just you know experienced you 
you know, your performance? Do they really enjoy that? And do they just want to find any reason to connect? I walked up to this, the singer of the, some punk band that I was super into at Warp Tour when I was in like my early twenties and I just wanted to talk to him, but I didn't know what to talk to him about, but I just wanted to talk to him. And, uh, so I was like, you know, Hey, I'm a big fan. And he wanted nothing to do with me. And, um, very short answers and I couldn't think of anything. And I had just remembered that he was like featured on another band song or something. I'm like, Hey, I really liked that. Like, are they, are they cool? He's like, what? Like, are they, what do you, are they cool? Like he was just like, what the fuck are you trying to ask me? And I was like, all right, see you later. But I felt like, you know, I was like, just felt like such an idiot because I was trying to force the connection, you know? And mm. yeah. So I've been on both sides of it for sure. Um, yeah, I was going to just add that also um, it's a little bit difficult navigating the experience when, um, you know, like, I and I'm like, Meg, I love, you know, like, come up and ask me about my gear. You know, I mean, like anybody, anytime I'm performing with the Strega, you know, and people are like, what's that? Let me give you the pitch on oh, the yeah, Strega. You don't you know? know what you just asked me. <laughs> the whole thing. But sometimes some of the people are coming up. And it depends on how they how good they are at navigating it. But sometimes they're really just coming up to pitch themselves, you know. So they're they're coming up to to kind of not necessarily make a connection, but be more like a, hey, this is what I do, which is cool. But then they go, you can tell that it's even further. They're kind of like, you know, you should check it out. Here's my right. You you should check it out or. You know, like, hey, if you got a bill, can you put me on it sometime? Like, sometimes you get that question, like, even by, you know, like, 30 seconds after meeting them and that sort of thing. And those are always tri tricky to navigate. Um, and I don't know how you get around it because that is, you know, definitely somebody I've been in the position where I wasn't someone who, you know, I was somebody who was making music, but I wasn't playing out a lot and the, you know, getting to go ahead and play out and, and do things, you know, involves going to shows and meeting people. I think for me, it was a little bit easier navigating that because I was genuinely interested in the people. I wanted to talk about their gear. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. wasn't like going to try and hit them up, you know, for a, yeah. for a show or, you know, pitch my album or anything. I didn't have an album, you know, or anything like that. I like really just wanted to get to know them and, and find out more about their gear because they sounded cool. So in that respect, maybe it was like easier for me to relate to the people who were performing on stage because I was genuinely interested in them. Mm -hmm. But um, that's a, it's, it's a hard thing to navigate because there are some really nice people that, you know, like, are are trying to do that and they're just actively trying to get shows or get people to listen to what they're doing because it's their first time stepping out of doing it just at their house or mm -hmm. stepping out you know um and trying to play live with it and that sort of thing but um and i don't know i've i realized i've talked myself now into a circle you know talking about like how at first like that's hard to navigate but also feeling you know a lot of like you know we were all in that position at one time you i know, think we were yeah. all in that you, yeah. you, you hit on and, something that I just like, I was talking to somebody else about the other day and it's, and, and I, I've been on both sides of this because I was the, the thirsty, hungry, like really, I, I was never super self-promoting. I was more of like, I want to like get in part of this scene because I really just wanted to, it's mm -hmm. been the community aspect has kind of yeah. like been my major driving force, but I definitely did want to make friends with the people who are doing the stuff that I also wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe was a little like 
overzealous with it, but like, I think, you know, to anyone out there listening, who's like trying to get into anything like this or trying to break into a scene is like the way that Kim, you just described how you did it because it was a natural yeah. because you were genuinely interested. So like, I think like just two words to anyone out there listening, just, just be cool. Just be cool. Mm -hmm. Don't try to rush well, anything, I, you know? Yeah. And, and not only that, but like that comes from like this really false narrative. I think we've all sort of that, that, that folks, especially in the music, I mean, I don't know, it's kind of everywhere is that there's not enough for everybody. Totally. Like, yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mindset and that there's not enough room at the table mm -hmm. for every, and they're, you know, get bigger tables. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Make bigger tables. Poverty yeah. mentality. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like it's it's there's there's room, you know, there's room for for everybody and coming at it with like a I mean, but that's like that's kind of hardwired into like so many things that we do. Mm -hmm. And uh, but I think that 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 some of it could come from that. It'd be like, you know, well, there's there's only so many people who can make music and and mm -hmm. uh and right. I want to be one of them. And it's like, mm -hmm. you already are, you know? So yeah. like, come at it with the confidence that you are a music creator. Totally. You know, you're already a creator. You know, you're already an artist. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about being called that. Yeah. You already are. You know, you make yeah. music, you're a musician. You know? yeah. yeah. And I think yeah, these and people that you like approach like this, maybe, um, you know, even if it's not as like dirty sounding as, you know, just trying to like, get in on what they have or like you know like get attached to them but like i will say this just from my own experience uh knowing people who are you know you know world you know who are known worldwide who are like you know who we would look at as like okay yeah they are like rock stars or whatever um you know to people who are just like really well known in scenes or you know like i've i've, I've met a lot of people who before you know I had all the experiences that I've had and, and going through this scene and, and multiple scenes, like I, these people that maybe like you look up to when you're, when you're first coming in and trying to like advance your career or whatever, like they cannot give you what you think they can give you mm -hmm. as far as like for your career, like that is, yeah, there's some good big breaks or anything, but like, you know, it, it's not up to them. They don't have, they really don't have like this power that you think that they do to like elevate your, you know, unless there's some huge like review writer or label runner or something that <laughs> is specifically, you know, but I don't know. It's just like, I feel like we, there's this tendency for, for really um, thirsty creators to put people on pedestals and, and kind of think like, okay, well, if I become friends with them, then I'll definitely be able to like get a record deal or something, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's like, you can't, you can't look at personal relationships like that. And, and it also just doesn't work that way. And I wish mm -hmm. I would have been told that much earlier or something, but I don't know. Yeah. And the, the thing that, and you know, both uh, where this conversation has gone and, and kind of like where this part of the conversation started is kind of like a uh, book ended by the fact of like, eventually we all get around to you have to learn how to do it yourself yeah i mean totally. you know because it and so the the people that you might think that have power don't exactly have all the power that they think so that's one aspect of it 
um, the feeling that you have to be uh, necessarily invited. Like it's it's good to know, you know, like I'm thinking of people like starting to book their own shows. Like, um, you know, it, it is wonderful to be invited on by somebody, but there's also DIY places in most areas, in most towns and that sort of thing who are open to if you're a friendly person, if you're a decent person and not, you know, honestly, if you're not an asshole, then they're open to having you there, whether you're a no name or or not. Well, totally, and just getting yeah. you and your friends together on a bill and starting to do that. If you, you know, and all of us have to do, you know, like there's a point at that. There's, I don't know of anybody and, you know, maybe I'm speaking in broad brushes, but, you know, I don't know of anybody who's even, you know, on kind of like bigger scales, you know, with their careers and, and things like that that didn't start off, you know, like booking their own shows or getting yeah, together totally. with their friends and making music, you know, we all have, kind of have to do it. So, mm -hmm. um, and that goes to what you're talking about is like the, the entryway is not necessarily getting to know this one star. If you, if you want to know them because you like them and because you like what they do, you know, and you're coming from a genuine friendship place then that's great. But um, if you're doing it for access, that, that access is really quite an illusion, you know, and you can, totally have and this is just to encourage people to have the confidence to go out and kind of like start doing it yourself or or figure out how to do it yourself because everybody else always mm -hmm. had to figure that out for themselves too definitely well this is wow i can't this this is like one of those patreon bonuses that i like feel bad putting behind a paywall i'm like i feel like everyone i feel like you, you guys like it started as kind of like a cheeky funny question but it, it really became like a really nice insightful conversation so thank you both so much for your time you're, you're, you're all places. Are awesome. thank you um, this was really fun i love to talk about process and this process was really special with kim and, and i'm glad mm -hmm. we were able to kind of delve into it Together. Likewise. Yeah. I, I mean, just what, ever since I was a kid, when I, when I got into a piece of art, especially a piece of music, like I wanted to ask the artists, you know, all the questions and mm -hmm. now I get to do that. So I'm really like, I've got a bunch of podcasts booked and I'm always excited for different reasons to talk to different people. But I was, I was particularly excited about this one because I love your record so much. So yeah. Thank thanks again. Thank you. <laughs> Right on. I'm going to stop. All right. That's our show. Thank you so much to Meg and Kim for coming on. Uh, don't forget to go check out their new album. Link in the show description. Also, thank you to Patchworks, Novation, 4MS, and Bastel. I'm loving this Aikido. Go check it out. Don't forget that I am going to be making the Patreon post towards the end of this week. I'm not going to tell you exactly when. Um, so if you want to be in on possibly getting a module, some patch cables, cassettes, stickers, or all of the above, please head over to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast and sign up. And finally, thank you for listening to Podular Modcast. If you are not subscribed on YouTube, please click the old subscribe button there, and uh, I, that would just warm my heart. Uh, this week's secret word is dreadful. Until next week. <laughs>